0: This is Malia Brown, and I am so grateful to bring you Many Ways to Peace. Thank you for amplifying peace just by listening. Today we're talking to Brian Crosby. And he's one of my personal heroes because I have known Brian for quite some time and I have watched Brian literally create what I would call a superhero life. So I'm pretty thrilled to be interviewing him. As you know, we're talking about peace and what does peace have to do with being a superhero? And I'm hoping that Brian's going to illuminate that for us a little bit. So Brian, tell people about what you do in the world.
1: Gosh, well, uh, we'll try. I mean, a lot of our superhero stories are built around conflict. (laughs) So but but ultimately with the goal of achieving peace. So uh, so we'll see what we can do. It's a never ending, never ending quest. But me personally, what I do, uh, I'm the. I guess my title is the creative director of Marvel themed entertainment. And uh, what that and I also worked at Walt Disney Imagineering as well. A lot of people know Imagineering now from the documentary that was on. Uh, Disney Plus. Um, So we were, I was a concept designer there. We were responsible for the design and delivery and execution of uh, uh, theme park attractions all over the world. Uh, Big and small. Sometimes it was as small as a churro cart, sometimes as big as a whole new park. Um, And then uh, five years ago, a little over five years ago, I I transitioned over to Marvel. And so now it's my job to help bring all these superheroes that people love to life uh, in dimensional ways. And sometimes that's through theme park attractions, sometimes museum exhibits, uh, pop culture conventions, character appearances, arena shows, uh, all that stuff. So I, I've long loved, you know, not just the, the characters themselves, but also uh, immersive storytelling. Storytelling that uh, puts you in a space and lets you escape uh, your, your, your normal life for a little bit and kind of be a part of these fantastical worlds, whether it's the worlds of Disney or Star Wars or, or Marvel, whatever it is. Um, I, I, enjoy that kind of escapism, um, uh, th- that, form of storytelling, it lets you be in the, in the space itself, which is, is fun. It's kind of what I do now. So it's all good.
0: Well, and most people want to escape where we are right now. They want to escape, you know, the current circumstances of the pandemic. They want to escape yeah. their own lives, or maybe they want to escape just their family. Cause they, and you have a <laughs> fairly large family, so you know what it is to be in the same house. Right. You know, and what, what are ways that you choose kind of that escape? Is it really diving into the drawing of it or diving into the creation or maybe just thinking about the stories?
1: Yeah, I think, you know, the, the art, the art element of what I do or have done, um, is, is a very, um, it's a very isolating experience because you you are kind of by yourself. It's just you and your thoughts. You know, sometimes I'll have some music going or whatever, but it's really just me. It's me, you know, creating creating worlds. But when I work on some of these larger projects, you work with any number of people. Um, and, and you know, certainly the, the circumstances of the world today complicates that a little bit because you know, I, I am in the events business. I'm in the business of people congregating and being together in very close spaces and celebrating things. And so we're not doing a lot of that, uh, these days, but we, uh, but we are still, you know, working and functioning, doing a lot, a lot of, uh, virtual events, but me personally, um, yeah, I mean, I, I, do get lost in, in the art sometimes, um, sometimes just, just me and the lines and, uh, and, uh, I, I can, I can make the world whatever I want it to be, you know, um, as exciting as I want it to be or as mundane as I want it to be. Um, but I, uh, you know, I love good music. I love, uh, love reading. Um, you know, I, I love kicking back on, on my couch at the end of the day and watching, watching a baseball game or something like that. Um, you know, I think, and then just spending time with my family, you know uh, you know, I do, I, I'm, I'm taking advantage of this time uh, to get to get reacquainted with, with my wife, with my kids. Um, cause you know, I, my, my, my nine to five is, um, I have quite a commute, you know, I live in orange County, but I commute up to Los Angeles and, um, that usually means I'm out of the house at five thirty in the morning and I'm not back in the house until, you know, sometimes seven thirty, or if not later at night. Um, and so I, I do feel like I missed out on a lot of, um, you know, kind of those moments with, with my kids. And so, uh, while this certainly is presenting challenges, um, you know, with, with everyday life, I'm, I'm enjoying the time, the extra time I get to spend with them and have kind of normal hours for, for a change.
0: Yeah. It's, it's very interesting when you think about creating the mundane or creating, you know, something that's fantastical at home, all that stuff is going on, but when yeah. we're not engaged with it, we actually don't even have a clue that it's happening.
1: And yeah. Yeah. And, you know, that's actually what I, you know, what I love about Marvel and the Marvel characters is they live in our world. Um, so I think when I, you know, I, I like to tell people, well, you know, Peter Parker could go to Disneyland or he could go to a, a Mets game or whatever it is. Um, they do the things that, that we do and they're, they're people first. The, the costume and the superpowers and all that stuff, that's all secondary in Marvel storytelling. Um, you have to connect with Tony Stark. You have to connect with Steve Rogers or Carol Danvers or whoever, and then then you overlay the the, the fantastical on top of it. But um, uh, you know, a really good Spider-Man story at its heart is a good Peter Parker story because we connect with that character and and we we are we empathize with with him and the challenges he's going through, trying to get the girl or take care of his aunt May or hold down a job or whatever it is. Um, um, and that's what makes you care about him, you know. So when he puts on that costume and he leaps off of a building, we care because we're in that suit with him. We know the problems he's going through. If he's just a superhero, then we don't, we're, you know, we're not afraid. We're not afraid that he's gonna gonna survive or beat the bad guy. Um, so yeah, Marvel is 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 great because these things happen in our quote unquote you know world, um, and it, it it's kind of cr- takes what we do every day. And, and juxtaposes these, these larger than life characters on top of it. So, you know, I, I used to imagine those things happening when I was a kid, I'd see, imagine Iron Man flying over overhead or, you know, Galactus stomping through New York city. Like those are, those are things I imagined as a kid. And so now I get to get to bring them to life. So that's, that's fun.
0: That's very fun. So you bring up two things that I think are kind of mission critical to advancing peace. One is imagination and the other is fun. Yeah. How about, you know, when you create a character when you're storytelling or you're bringing it to life in one of the theme parks, is there something that you focus on that is part of the imagination or is part of the fun?
1: Yeah, I I think, um, I think you, when you, when you, when you experience a theme park, ride, And I I don't think people think about this very often, but in, in a theme park experience, you are the protagonist of the story. So you know, if you're watching a movie or reading a comic book or whatever it is, you, you are more, more often than not, you're sitting passively in your chair watching the action unfold uh, on the screen and you're, you're living vicariously through what that character is doing. But when you go to a, a, a theme park, now we have to think about storytelling in a completely different way because you are the protagonist, because you're the one on Space Mountain. You're the one in the rocket ship, you know, flying around if you're on Big Thunder Mountain, you're the one in the runaway train that, that has to you know, escape this whole situation. Um, so that's different for us in Marvel. We have to think about, okay, the we now have to think about the audience because they're participants and they're the stars of the story. The ride itself is happening to them and how do the characters react to that situation? Um, and so I, I I enjoy that element of it, and and that we get to um, think about story in a, in a completely different way. But you you do ultimately have to think about is it fun, is it cool, is it going to make me laugh, is it going to make me cry, you know, all of those things, and how all the senses work, uh, in 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 unison to tell these stories. You know, what does it smell like? What do I hear? What do I what do I see? Three hundred and sixty degrees because people can look anywhere they want. So. Uh, if if I don't have them directly focused on the movie screen and they can look anywhere, well, now I got to think about designing this whole space. And what, what does that environment tell me about who these characters are and the experience that these people are in?
0: Is there a way for you when you know it's complete that you really nailed it, that you did your job in a way that feels like, wow. I
1: mean, the, the real gratification comes in, in seeing people experience these things, you know? Um, and, and believe me, like when, when, you know, when I go on a, on a ride that I've that I've worked on or been a part of and, and see people experience it, you desperately want to tell everybody like, you, Oh, you know, I did this part. You're missing this part. You need to look over here. The, you're missing this little Easter egg that's in the corner. Like you want to do that so bad, but I gotta, I gotta hold, I gotta hold that back and just let them experience the thing. Um, But I think seeing, you know, seeing people have fun, you know, seeing people posting on social media, you know, having fun with their friends and family on on rides is super gratifying. But um, and sometimes, you know, not everything's a home run. Sometimes you design things that people don't love and you got to live with that and not not read the comments (laughs) because that'll just tear you down. So I've learned to, uh, you know, uh, read what I need to know to get appropriate feedback, but also know that you know hey i believed in the story that we were trying to tell and 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 we did the best that we could but um i don't know but to answer your question i don't know if there's like one moment where i go yeah that's when i know if i've got it or not i think you know in my heart i you know i just it's just kind of instinctual like i i I know if i've if i've got it or at least i feel good about it and feel like it's it's a thing that i'm comfortable putting out into the world
0: yeah that's a really fabulous way of kind of entering into our first question, which is, you know, connecting with this part of you that maybe knows instinctually. And I think creating more peace in our world kind of feels like that instinctually knowing, you know, tuning into a place in us that maybe some of us don't want to go because either we don't want to feel, or maybe some of us are wondering, you know, is that feeling the right feeling? I'm looking for a different feeling. Maybe I should be Maybe I should be ecstatic right now and not marginally sad, or maybe I should, you know, just wondering, curiosity. So, when you go into that feeling, is there a way that you kind of calibrate yourself, or is it um, something that happens over time that you understand more?
1: Um, Well, I think, you know, I think, you know, story, and I don't know if this is answering your question exactly in terms of calibrating myself, but I, I think story allows us the opportunity to make the world the way we want it to be or how we'd like it to be. And so in that can come a certain element of peace. Um, you know, and I'll give you a couple of examples. Um, you know, one, of, one of my favorite examples is, is the character Black Panther. Um, you know, Black Panther, we, you know, was that, that movie came out and it became a cultural touchstone for so many people. Um, you know specifically the african-american community who felt like they were seeing a representation of themselves on the screen for the first time but if you really go back you drove drove back long before the movie came out into what stanley and and jack kirby were doing in in the comic books with black panther and when black panther arrived on the scene um and he was unmasked for the first time now at this time you know, having a black character was, you know, really a revolutionary idea. This was not very common. You know, they, you know, there was a lot of uh, stereotypes that, you know, that were as in terms of how black characters were represented. So when he was unmasked for the first time, this Black Panther character, who was kicking, kicking butt. He was doing all the things that you want a superhero, you know, to do. And, and the Avengers saw him and they, they weren't um necessarily taken back by the fact that he was a black character they were taken aback by the fact that he was the king of wakanda and so that tells me that it's it it wasn't the it wasn't that oh my gosh there's a black character doing something that's amazing is that this is the king of wakanda that's doing something amazing that sure of course black characters can do things that are amazing or asian characters or or women or whatever All these characters can do amazing things and so that was stan kind of projecting you know this idea into the world it's it's not about black or white it's like this guy's a king and he's out putting his life on the line every single day another example is you know and this is not marvel but star trek you know you go back and look at the um the original star trek tv series and you see uh, a a black woman and an asian man and a white man and a and a and a um gosh, what's Spock, Uh, a Vulcan, you know, uh, you know, all in the same room and never once did they call out, oh my gosh, there's a, there's a black woman here working on the bridge with us. Like it just was, that just was the future. And, and everybody was working in harmony. It never even occurred to them to, to call that out. Um, And I think that's um, so again, projecting your own idea of what you'd like the world to be, or what you'd like peace to look like is a thing that we can achieve through through story. That's my long-winded answer, sorry.
0: Well, it's a great answer in the storytelling and using the imagination. I think that's for all of us. Yes. All of us can use our imaginations in ways that we would love to see actually realized. Mm-hmm. You know, we can write the ending to a story we really want rather than terrorizing ourselves with a story we might not want. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah i mean and and you know whatever when i mean whatever lets you let you feel that sense of peace right i mean there's, there's all kinds of stories for everybody and it but i love what you talk about you know writing the story that you want i grew up reading comic books you know and i and i dreamed of someday being one of the people that got to make them or you know got to draw for a living um and now to be on the other side of the table and and we are making those stories and now you know we're the ones hopefully entertaining other people uh, and inspiring a whole new generation of storytellers and it may not be through comics or or theme parks but it, you know who knows what it's going to be you know who knows what 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 idea might might pop into their minds that they were inspired by some story that we told that they're gonna then make the world a, a, an even better place than what it is today.
0: That is such an amazing way of looking at it, that there could be an idea that's literally inspired or triggered by something that you're doing. And I think that has a lot of foresight to the impact on generations. I mean, you're a, you're a father, and so I'm sure you're thinking about your kids and a better world for them. But then there's you know, three, four generations beyond them when we're not here anymore. Yeah. And if we're not tr- attempting to broaden our stroke or create a story that might spark something, what are we doing here?
1: Right. I and mean, this was actually a conversation my kids and I were having just last night. You know, we were talking about like you need to, I, I was telling them, you know, we were talking about mentorship and, you know, um, if, if you have a mentor, in my mind, a good mentor wants the the mentee or the student or the pupil to be better than they were you know so anybody who's ever worked for me and they you know they go on to another job I I will always tell them I probably did things that you loved and I probably did things that you hated and whatever stuff you hated don't do that stuff in your new job like throw that stuff out take the stuff that you liked and then add some of your own personality and flavor to it and make something even better and hopefully progressively, you know, we're getting better and better. And And so in talking to my kids, there's things that I do as a dad and as a husband that you probably think are great. I hope so. I hope there's at least a couple in there that you think are all right. And, and there are probably things that you wish I, I would do that I don't do. So when you become a, a mom or a dad, you know, you have your own kids or whatever your situation is, you know, then, then you implement those things that you wish me and your mom had done and you become even better Parents, and I mean, and then that goes to any, any facet of, of, of creation in the world. And I'm, I'm relating that to, to, to offspring, but I mean, that can be anything, you know, you know, I want to make a cell phone that's even better than the cell phone that I have today. And so this generation goes, well, I wish it did. I wish I didn't even have to carry around a cell phone. I wish it was just embedded in my brain, you know, or I could dial my number on my forearm, whatever it is. And you go, fine, you figure that out and you make that thing. If that's going to make your world a better place, man.
0: and it leaves room for anything is possible and that seems to be kind of mission critical to presuming a future that we would really love or presuming a future that world that we want to live in you know we have to hold on to this idea that anything is possible yeah And sometimes please
1: no no go ahead sorry
0: I was just thinking, you know, in the, in the face of kind of life circumstances, anything is possible. Seems like a narrowing um, perspective. Like we don't really, it's hard to think about anything's possible in the midst of a pandemic. It's hard to think anything's possible in the midst of, I have to wear a mask every day. How am I going to meet my love of my life if I can't see what they look like? Right. (laughs) It's, It's hard to, it's, it's really funny how the mind can immediately narrow possibilities just by circumstance, but that's kind of the agency we have with imagination is to take that back. Yeah. And say in imagination, anything is possible.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, one of my, one of my great mentors, you know, maybe didn't necessarily just say this to me, but I said this to many people that the blank page is both the ex- most exciting thing in the world and the most frightening thing in the world, because you've got to decide what is going to be that first mark. And it could be anything, literally anything, anything that your crazy brain can come up with could go on that sheet of paper. Um, and, and there's no wrong answer either. You know, you can, you can make whatever you want. So it's, you know, I think sometimes in, in, the, in midst of a, a situation, like in the one we're facing right now, I think we can, maybe in some respects, look at the world like a bit of a, of a blank page. Like what, what what, what, do we want the world to be moving forward? Like, uh, I think probably most people would like it to be a little, little bit different than what it is today. Um, and, but that's up to all of us, right? If we if we want it to be something different, if we want to, you know, and then there's gonna be things that come out of this, um, you know, this is, you know, I don't know, I'm not a prophet or anything, but, you know, I think there's going to be things that we experience and do and think about in this pandemic um, that we may want to carry over, and and will be a part of the new normal, whatever that looks like. And there's going to be things that we don't ever want to have to do again, right? We may never want to have to wear masks again. I don't know. I don't. Nobody seems too jazzed about it, but if we you know if we have to, we have to. Um, but you know, but there's probably, you know, I mean, for example, I, you know, I mentioned earlier about being able to spend more quality time with my wife and kids. Like, I don't want to lose that. I'm, I'm realizing how valuable that is. So great lesson learned for me that, you know, spending, you know, more quality time at home uh, with my family is important. You know, it's important to, to them. It's important to me. It's important to our collective mental health. Um, so, you know, Great lesson learned, something I'd like to carry over into the new normal, whatever that looks like.
0: You remind me that about two and a half weeks ago or so, I was out on the trails hiking and this mother and this little, maybe he's about four and a half years old with a superhero cape was coming towards me on the trail And I said, Oh, this is a very special moment. So I stopped. And of course, with the, you know, we want to make sure we keep our six foot distance even outside. So there I am keeping my six foot distance. And this little boy, I said, what is it that you're wearing? And he was very sweet. He said, I am cat boy. And I had never heard of cat boy, but he was (laughs) sure it was a thing. (laughs) And he was so excited to be out in the world, tromping around in the woods you know, as Catboy. But the best part beyond that and his enthusiasm, which I think we a lot of us see in small children, was his mother. And she chose to wear a cape too. That's cool. It that's was just cool. instant solidarity in the world while on a hike, right? And I just thought to myself, I think that's something I'm gonna take with me. I'm gonna take with me that wherever my friends are, you know, maybe they're in a Catboy moment. <laughs> you know experience in superhero i'm going to get out my cape and hang out there with them right
1: hey you'd fit in perfect at marvel <laughs> we uh, yeah we don't have cowboy exactly per se but i'm sure we could find a cape for you
0: <laughs> well and this is part of being kind of your own personal superhero which is that, you know, there's one thing that's imagination. And then there's another thing, you know, that's c- coming from your heart, as you said, kind of feeling into that experience. Another thing is storytelling, which you said, you know, we can make any endings we want of our own storytelling. And I, I, uh, for me, those are very special ways of envisioning. And also, as you said, that peaceness naturally jumps out of there. You know, we're not that we live by contrast. Of course, Marvel's creating stories by contrast. We have good and evil. We have, you know, the injustice and justice, or we have whatever's going on. Um, But we're we're constantly moving in a direction of storytelling that's like, well, you know, what if we could create a better world even while this is going on?
1: Yeah, yeah, and I, you know, and I think we have some characters that I, I think Captain America is an interesting example of somebody who comes from a a black and white world where good is very clearly good. I mean, you, you know, he comes from the 1940s, you know, for those who aren't super familiar with that story, he comes from the 1940s, World War II. And the bad guys were very clearly the bad guys. We knew who they were. They were Nazis and they had the red band and the, and the swastika. I and mean, like, I know those are the bad guys. And, and good and evil was very black and white. And then he, he gets frozen in ice for 70 years. And awakes into a world that is much more gray um, where, you know, the, you know, the guys he thought were good may not be super good and they might be bad. And the the bad guys he thought were bad, you know, have been playing for the good guys team and it all becomes a little bit muddy. Um, But sometimes our world can be black and white and sometimes it can be it can be gray. But, you know, we can we can certainly stay true to our principles and morals, just like Captain America and and plow forward and 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 do what's right at the end of the day
0: well he's a great example of kind of a character that we always um is heroic and we kind of expect to win and then i kind of think of the hulk who Mm -hmm. you know he exhibits this trait that most of us retract from anger Yeah. And, and that anger we all get upset at it or worried about it but in his case something else happens. And if you don't mind kind of describing how you represent that, I would appreciate that.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Well, I mean, the the Hulk's he's an interesting one too, because me, he's one that we actually have, uh, he's, he's a challenging character to represent sometimes because to, for everything, all the reasons you just said, you know, he turns into a giant green rage monster when he gets very angry. Now sometimes he's in control of that rage monster and sometimes he's not. Um, and uh you know but when he is he's a he's a hero and he does things that are heroic uh and aspirational so it's it's taking that that unique challenge that he has uh, his temper you know and 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 cha- and channeling that into something that's good so taking your weaknesses and making them into strengths um you know and you know to use a line from peter parker you know or from his uncle ben actually with great power there must also come great responsibility so when we have that kind of power it's it you know it's it's on us to use it responsibly whatever it is so but that applies to any 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 of the marvel heroes so there's a very fine line sometimes of what makes a hero and what makes a villain um, and and it's and a it's what we choose to do with the gifts that we're given. Um, you know, I mean, Spider-Man could, the ju- Hulk could just as easily be a villain as he is a hero. Spider-Man could just as easily be a villain, you know, if, if, if he didn't choose the way of the hero. Um, and that can, be, that can be a fine line. So what we, what we choose, you know, on our, you know, with, with, our, with our, our talents, our gifts, um, whatever they may be, and how we channel them, um, can, can make the world a better place, can make people happy, can, can do a lot of things for the world. Um, but I, but, you know, but it comes down to our choices.
0: Wow. So a peace conversation where choice is possible, right? We can just choose to kind of focus or look at peace. And then even if the rage monster comes out, we can remind ourselves that we're still keeping our eye on peace. Right. And we can use that to the benefit of maybe a peaceful aim. Or- yeah. And those,
1: you know, and, our, and those characters aren't perfect. Right. They make mistakes, you know, and just like we do, you know, we make mistakes. But, you know, in, in the words of Captain America, I could do this all day. You know, he takes a punch. He can get back up and keep fighting. And, you know, we all take punches, but we all have to get back up and, and keep fighting. But, yeah, I think choices is a big part of what makes a hero. Um, and we can, all. I, th- I, I truly believe that we can all be heroes in our own right. And maybe we're not out swinging on rooftops, um, or wearing brightly colored costumes. I mean, I do sometimes, but you know, not everybody does. And I get that. Um, but we can make a difference with our choices in, in the lives of other people. We can be heroes.
0: Well, that leads me to kind of what I was thinking about. I know you have an affinity for doing Comic-Cons and you've yeah. created those experiences. I heard you earlier say that you're out in the world, really in places where you're celebrating these kinds of things. Mm-hmm. So in what way are you replacing that celebration right now?
1: Yeah, no, it's hard. It's, it's, it's really hard. I mean, I love, I love doing the conventions because, you know, I mean, you asked earlier about, you know, when do I know that we've hit on something good? a lot of times it comes at comic-con like when you see when you see a little boy or girl dressed up as a character that that's relatively new you you know as soon as you see people start cosplaying as a character you know you've probably hit a nerve like you, you've done something uh right that's meant something to somebody um but I, I i love interacting with the fans i love doing panels i love just chatting with them at the booth um that is that is probably the most gratifying part of the, the whole process. And, you know, cause I, you know, sometimes you're, you're working on these things and, you know and you, you are alone in your room with a, with a drawing table and then to see people that, you know your art touches them in some way or, you know a piece speaks to them or a story inspired them or whatever it is, um, you know a lot of times it is at signings or at comic cons where you get to interact with those people. So I, I, I dearly miss that um, element of our society. Um, so to replace that, um I, honestly I don't know if there is a good replacement for it because it's I mean it's it's such a communal activity, but we are trying to do some virtual um conventions and trying to connect with people as best as we can. True fan connection is hard in that way because I mean we're talking thousands and thousands of people, if not millions of people sometimes. Um, um I think I think San Diego Comic Con has like I don't know, 160,000 people that come to that, you know, over the course of the, the four or five days that you're there. And, uh, you know, it's, it's, we are in a different, we're in a different world right now. The, the virtual element is still hopefully allowing people to, um, engage with, with, with us, with myself, with our other creators and, and, and get to hear them and, um and and still participate in our storytelling uh in the interim while we're waiting for things to to come go back to some some semblance of normal but i um yeah i I think like i said i think even the virtual stuff is going to be maybe part of it is 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 here to stay i don't know you know we'll see what what the fans want you know i think it's allowing us to reach a a much broader audience but you know i i I miss getting to interact with them in person too
0: well i noticed one of the ways that you do that is to help um, fans draw the characters.
1: Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I almost forgot about that. Yeah. yeah. Thank you for bringing that up. Shameless plug. <laughs> uh, yeah. No. This has been a you know a, you know you, you you know trying to kind of reinvent what we're doing in this world. Uh, one of the new things I'm doing is uh, it's a series on our Marvel HQ channel. We actually launched it on our on our Marvel Entertainment channel on YouTube, uh, and it was kind of just a Marvel how to draw thing, and I did. The first one I did was a Spider-Man tutorial, and the the numbers and the response was was huge. Um, I think you know across all the different platforms, I think we had like half a million people that that watched it at some point, and I was getting notes from people in in Dubai, and Israel, and England, and Canada, and of course here in the states, and I was it, I was really blown away by the reach that that had, and uh, and so we decided to keep doing them. And I did a few more. Uh, I, did, I did Groot and uh, I did an Iron Man video. And and now we're doing a, a series that's really more focused on targeting, you know, uh, kind of kids on our Marvel HQ channel, kids and families, you know. Um, but it's, it's pretty simple, step by step, like, you know, how to draw, you know, Marvel superheroes. A lot of times I just do the face, you know, because it's, you know, just learning how to do the, the character's face or learning how to draw Thor's hammer or the Fantastic Four icon or whatever it is. Um, and, uh, I love seeing, you know, people will send me their drawings on Instagram all the time that their kids did or, or whatever. Um, especially when we were right in the thick of, um, you know, quarantine and, and you know, and people literally couldn't leave their homes. And, uh, I, people were sending me videos of, of them and their families drawing these characters. It was the most touching, um, just awesome thing to be a part of, you know? Uh, And I'm really grateful that I had the opportunity to, or have the opportunity to do that. You know, I I know they love these characters, and you know, we, you know, one of the things we like to say at Marvel, you know, is that we we're all very much aware that we stand on the shoulders of giants that have created these characters um, that people have had an affinity for for decades in some cases, Um, and we're just trying to uh, carry the torch, you know, while we have it and not totally screw it up for the for the next group. Uh, but, uh, you know, we're doing our best, but it, you know, it, 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 has been really fun to do these, uh, these Marvel draw episodes. So thank you for bringing that up.
0: Well, and what I love too about the drawing episodes is I had heard this and please just confirm or deny it's okay either way, but in the Imagineering world at Disney, they they used to, inside of the theme parks, they used to, there used to be, um, a come and draw Discussion, and they would say to the people during that time: many people, many illustrators have to draw the same character for us to see a movie that's an hour and a half long. And how do you make sure that the illustrators are illustrating the same character over and over? Because fans, we know when we're like, oh, that's in off. Oh, that no, uh, uh-uh, uh, that's not where that goes, right? So. So I remember yeah. somebody telling me that we, that um, in that Disney presentation that they would say, look, they're simple um, circles or they're simple triangles or they're, mm-hmm. and the reason we do that, and we don't do many, we don't do hundreds of them in one character. We do several in a character. And of course I'm not the expert here. So please, you're going to get your chance here.
1: Oh, you're crushing it.
0: Well, okay. So it, it could be that easy for uh, anyone to take those images put them into one particular image and actually have it become a hulk or become a spider-man or become any one of the characters and that's also what makes it so special is that we it's not out of reach
1: yeah and you know what so one first yes i can confirm that that's a thing um they have the the animation academy at, at disney california adventure we do this uh uh, the Marvel Universe tent in uh, in Shanghai Disneyland, where we teach the Marvel characters. Um, the Animation Academy um, and, and here in Anaheim, in, um, they do they they teach how to draw the Disney characters, and I, I've been able to be a guest a couple of times to teach a few uh, lessons. Like we did a uh, we did a, a super Marvel superhero night. You know, I forget the name of the event, but it was uh, you know we did a, a superhero themed night. I think it was around the opening of Guardians of the Galaxy uh, mission breakout. And, um, so part of the opening night event, I was doing a panel and then I was you know, running from the panel over to the animation Academy theater to teach people how to draw a group, which was a, a blast. Um, and, and yeah, it was exactly that. And it's those same lessons. You know, I've been able to do this at the d 23 expo. Um, I got taught people how to draw Spider-Man and Iron Man. And it is, I think people become overwhelmed with, you know, here's another, you know, I know, you know through parts of this conversation, we've gotten a little philosophical and deep, but you know, I, think, I think here's another lesson. I think sometimes people find drawing difficult because they get too mired in the details that they don't stop to see the, the, the bigger picture. Um, and, 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 and in some cases, the simpler picture. You know, what you said about breaking it down into simple shapes you know, I'm a professional and I still do that. Like, you know, I start every drawing with pretty much a stick figure and, and, and circles and cylinders and all that. And it's breaking it down into shapes. I think when you, you know, you look and look at, you know, look at a, at a building and go, wow, that's really, that's really complicated. There's a lot of details on that, you know, the ridges on the, on the rooftop and, and the detail around the windows and the bricks and all that stuff. Well, yeah, but just break that down into basic shapes first. Like, Big rectangle, smaller rectangle, another rectangle, maybe a circle over here, you know, basic shapes, and then build on that until you get to, you know, what you have. But you, you've got to start with the simple shapes first and the basics. And that's that's what I try to teach on, on Marvel Draw, you know, that, you know, pretty much every time people can count on, if I'm drawing a, a superhero head, I start with a circle. Here we go. And it doesn't have to be a perfect one. It's like a rough circle. And it's, you know, and I'm gonna draw it over and it's gonna be kind of sketchy. I'm gonna draw a line down the middle to divide the face in half. And then where do the eyes sit? So here's another line where the eyes are gonna go. And so it's like, just let's let's get simple. Let's get basic for a second. And then, you know, and later on in the drawing, we'll worry about drawing all the webs and all that stuff. But, you know, you gotta you gotta start with the basics first.
0: Well, that simplification, I can kind of is a lesson that trickles on down into anything that we want to do, right? If, if we want to have um, greater intimacy with our family, it doesn't take, you know, creating an entire night, it might start with hello. I mean, it's very simple. If we want to connect more with a fan, you know, it might start with just saying, I appreciate you. Thanks for being here. And, and, you know, you're very special in that regard and that you can just be extremely authentic and very real. And you can say, this is what's working for me and this is what's not working for me. And can we move forward in this way? And for me, that's a big part of you that gets transferred onto the paper. So we get to kind of live authentically through those characters because of the authenticity that you put there. And so I don't know if people tell you this all the time. So I'll just be one of those. But thank you. You know, thank you for offering us that um, transparency in some way, Mm -hmm. our own ability to connect with ourselves. As you said before, the characters are real. They're living in the world like we are. And you translate that
1: for us. Well, thank you. Yeah. And you're welcome. You know, I I mean, look, some of the things I love doing now is, you know, I'm I get to speak at, you know, some college campuses and stuff from time to time. And, you know, I think about what that would mean to me, you know, as a kid, being able to watch a Marvel artist teach me how to draw Spider-Man or, you know, seeing somebody, you know, as a college student, seeing somebody who's worked at Disney and Marvel, I I, I recognize that I've, I've been incredibly blessed in my life and fortunate to, to work on some characters and, and stories that people, um, people are passionate about, you know, and I feel I feel a great sense of responsibility, you know, with that. Um, and uh, if nothing else, if I can give give a little bit back and, and inspire another kid who is really just a just me, you know, you know, thirty years ago, you know, hey man, I was there. You know, I know what you want to do. I get it. Um, here's 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 what you can do. Um, I I think that would have meant a lot to me then. And so I'm hoping it, it means something to people now. So uh, thank you for saying that. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. very nice of you.
0: Well, and I also want to bring out one thing that people who are, you maybe don't watch you or haven't seen you draw, I think you're a lefty. I am, yeah. yeah. And yeah. is there anything that happens, do you think, being a lefty or being a righty when you're drawing?
1: <laughs> uh, well, I can tell you that the very practical challenge of being left-handed is, you know, and... We're not we're not on a on a on a video here, but um, when you draw left-handed, you drag your hand through the graphite when you're drawing. Um, so that's a real problem, and not just drawing, but writing. You know, if you're using pencil, it's miserable because you, you know, I drag my hand right through everything that I'm doing. So uh, to not smudge my art, you know, I sometimes I'll draw with a with a little glove. Yeah. Uh, that goes over the, the side of my hand and over two fingers and, or sometimes I'll just put a piece of paper down on top of it and, and put rest my hand on the piece of paper. So that's the practical challenge of being um, left-handed. Um, it worked out pretty well when I was playing baseball. It was good to be left-handed then. Uh, and uh, I don't know, I, I you know, I, I I'm not a scientist, you know, but uh, I I've heard that sometimes the right side of your brain is the kind of the creative uh side and so people you yeah and there must be something too because I, I do know a lot of artists that are left-handed um so I don't know maybe that's true maybe it isn't I don't know I'm not uh I'm not going to pretend to be a, a a science whiz but uh just an observation more than anything
0: well and since you brought up the brain I mean this that's kind of a place where I have spent a lot of time um, mostly because i had to have brain surgery uh, you know several years back and when you have to have brain surgery you start thinking about what the impact is of having had surgery or if you're going to have it or all that kind of stuff i got lucky uh, for me it was an elective surgery but the point being you know when when we think about the capacity of the human brain right maybe because i'm left-handed i'm able to imagine or connect with that part of my left-handed too i'm not I'm, oh, I I right. that's what <laughs> no, But, I, but I often think, so I'm a budding um, artist in some ways. And mm-hmm. so I often think, well, what if I just learned to draw left-handed? <laughs>
1: <laughs> there you go. It's solve all your, all your artistic problems. Just well, start drawing with the other hand.
0: Maybe, I don't know, but <laughs> coincidentally, what happens to Alzheimer's patients or dementia patients, if they catch it early on is if they start doing some kind of creative task with the opposite side, They actually have a renewed sense of self and a renewed sense of brain wiring that starts to wire and fire. So if maybe the other side, you know, it's not that they, the brain cells are depleted or going away, but there could be plaque, you know, and that plaque buildup might only be on one side of the brain. And so suddenly we start doing with the opposite side of the body. We give ourselves an opportunity to either one, have more balance or two, to just try something completely new. We kind of expand things happen. Our, maybe our imagination expands. And I I wanted to bring that up because I think it's very important um, for, for everybody to get their sense of self, right? If you're left-handed, well, don't let that deter you from becoming a great artist. It could even be the best thing that ever happened to you, right?
1: Yeah, and if good.
0: you're right-handed, maybe try something different if you don't like the way the drawings look. <laughs> <laughs>
1: No, no, I I would never discourage any right-handed artists. If if you're right-handed, you can figure it out. You can do it. You know, I believe in you. Uh, So I want to make make that point clear, Malia, that I'm not saying right-handed people can't draw.
0: Well, I was just wondering if I'm trying to follow you left-handed, if I'm going to draw my circle in the same direction. And I can already tell you, because I did experiment, and the answer is no.
1: (laughs) It still looks bad?
0: No, it it was fascinating, right? I thought it was really fascinating that I would just, I wouldn't draw the circle the same direction as you to start off with.
1: You know what? That had never occurred to me that like, I'm probably drawing it backwards for everybody else. So now you've made me incredibly self-conscious about that. (laughs) I'm going to apologize to everyone. go, I'm sorry. I know this is completely upside down and backwards for all of you.
0: I'm going to choose memory man here, memory man, superhero, and I'm going to wipe your memory of the last three minutes of this conversation. (laughs) Keep on being you, man. You're the superhero we need. There's no doubt about it. Definitely. Um, Um, Well, just, you know, kind of as a follow-up, if, you know, in your future, in 10 years from now, what would feel amazing to you? What would you love to have more in your world or what can you see would create even a more peaceful world that you live in?
1: Uh, you know, um, it, it's hard to say cause I, you know, I, I love so much about what I'm doing now, you know, but I, you know, I, I, think as long as I'm still having fun and, and, and getting to do things that I love, then, then I'll be okay. You know, um, I, I try not to worry too much about I mean, you, know, you got, you, I mean, you have to worry about, you know, the, the, the ways of the world and things like that. But I, you know, as far as like my work goes um, and my family goes, if my, you know, people, my family's healthy, you know, they're happy, you know, who knows, maybe in 10 years I'll, I'll be a grandparent. I don't know. We'll see how, how it plays out, but uh, I, I'm, I'm looking forward to that aspect of my life, but I think um, really more than anything for me personally you know it's it's probably achieving you know a, a better sense of balance um i think i spent a lot of my my early career um probably out of balance you know very much kind of a workaholic like i, I would definitely I, i'm almost the point of being obsessed like if i'm not if I'm not drawing or getting better, like somebody else is. And, and like that drove me to spend a lot of late nights and sometimes all night, you know, I, I, I used to have a fold out mat underneath my desk at Disney. Cause I would be there just sometimes really late nights. And sometimes I was working on stuff that were assigned projects and some things, sometimes there were things that I just knew I needed to do to try and get ahead or to, to show what I was capable of. Um, So I think, you know, as I move forward into the next 10 years of my life, um, you know, achieving more balance, you know, um, in my life, in the world, in my family, in my work. um, I think that's, that's the goal for me.
0: Yeah. A practical solution to a really great life, more balance.
1: There you go. There Mm -hmm. you go. If you have any suggestions, I'm, I'm all ears.
0: (laughs) Well, I'm just enjoying watching you. Um, To me, it's been peace amplified in this podcast really is about seeing people take on a thriving perspective of their lives. And we've known each other for a very long time. And so it's for me watching the man who literally pointed to the outfield and said, I'm going to hit the ball like did Babe Ruth. And he pointed and then you went for it. And I think that's very important for other people to really get that not only is it possible, here you are. They could be just like you. Mm-hmm. you know. They could be down to earth like you. They could be kind like you. They could be friendly like you. They could see their impact on the world like you and be having fun and thriving and still striving for something called balance. And that for me is a great gift that you offer the world. And I can't thank you enough for it. Uh, I really intuitively feel and know that that's part of amplifying peace in the world. Um, so it's really my pleasure.
1: Well, right back at you, Malia. You know, we, we have been, you're one of my dear friends. We've been friends a, a long time, as you say. And, you know, you were, you were therapeutic to talk to back when I was 13 and you're still therapeutic here at 43. So uh, <laughs> thank, you for, thank you for having me and thank you for your, your kind words.
0: Yeah, my pleasure. We'll look forward to the sequel to this because we know all good superheroes have a sequel.
1: That's right, so- <laughs> right, that's right. We got we got to leave you with a post credits tease, uh, and then get you to come <laughs> come here the next chapter.
0: Right, and in the meantime, okay. join Brian at Marvel HQ or join Brian on Instagram. And I love that you use um, Wizard of Cross twenty three. <laughs> That's yeah. great. If you want to tell anybody what that's about, we can here. Or we could just give them the taste of going there themselves.
1: Yeah, no, it's pretty simple. Uh, my Instagram, I, I, I post mostly uh, art and stuff that we're doing uh, around the world with Marvel. Um, a lot of events, a lot of artwork. Um, the name itself, you know, Wizard of Cross comes from the Wizard of Oz. Uh, Cross is my my nickname and 23 was my baseball number when I played baseball. So that's where Wizard of Cross 23 comes from. But yeah, you can connect with me there. Uh, if you want to connect with me professionally, I'm on LinkedIn. Um, you know, those are kind of the, the main social connected tools I do. But yeah, definitely come and check out Marvel HQ. And, you know, not just not just me, but there's lots of other artists that are doing uh, drawing tutorials on there as well. And they're doing a, a fantastic job as well.
0: That's awesome. Well, thank you again for bringing a sense of fun to this adventure with me. And I look forward to our sequel.
1: <laughs> yes, me too. Thanks, Malia.
0: If you would like more information, please visit our website at peaceamplified.com. May you have peace in your heart, peace in your community, and peace in your world.